0: hey guys how are you i am malu as you probably know by now or malu or malu depends on how you want to call me <laughs> it, it all counts it all counts i understand it all um let me start by saying it's kind of weird to be doing a podcast in english just because every piece of media i've ever done has been in portuguese no that's not true actually During the pandemic in 2020, I did a series of interviews on Instagram called Malu on Zoom, where I interviewed people on the same topic, but in Portuguese and in English, like different people, obviously. And it's still there if you want to watch it, actually. So I have done some stuff in English, but it has been a really long time since. But I am excited that now I get to do all these episodes just in English. I'll bring my friends and, you know, I'll do some just by myself. But anyway, I am really happy that you're listening and taking time to hear what I have to say. Um, Also, another thing that I just want to say right from the beginning is apologies to my bilingual listeners. Because this episode will be on my story, on who I am. Because, you know, a lot of people don't really know me or maybe are just stumbling on this podcast by quote-unquote accident (laughs) and you know i think it's cool that you get to know me and you can come to my dm and introduce yourself to you know say that you listen to the podcast and i'd love to talk to you but i already did this episode in portuguese and so if you speak portuguese and already listened to that one i am sorry but yeah you know just share or (laughs) wait for the next episode (laughs) anyway so, like I said, I have been meeting a lot of people, and it's been super fun, and I love listening to their stories. Like, whenever I meet someone and we're in conversation, one of the first thing I, things I always ask is, what's your story? Like, where are you from? Where did you grow up? You know, like, how did you end up in college, or how did you end up here in the city doing what you're doing, and stuff like that, and I love to hear it, and so like i said please tell me your story and yeah i just wanted you to hear mine too because i think it's a really interesting one (laughs) anyway so i was born in brazil in july of 2003 a summer baby and i was born in sao paulo which is one of the biggest cities in the world actually if i'm not mistaken and my parents are washington and sylvia which are amazing people who I could talk about. Like, I could do a whole episode just on them. And being raised by them was, I mean, still is because, you know, even though I don't (laughs) live with them anymore, they're obviously still my parents and we talk a lot. So anyway, being raised by them is one of the greatest privileges I could ever have had. And, you know, it's great. So they're my parents. And then I have a 15-year-old sister called Bia and a 13-year-old brother called Caillou. And yeah, so I lived in Sao Paulo until I was eight. My parents were pastors there, so you know, grew up a church kid, I was born a preacher's kid. But when I was seven, that's when I considered that I had my encounter with God. That's when I accepted Jesus, was baptized with the Holy Spirit, spoke in tongues for the first time, understood God's love for me. Like, you know how you know I mean, if you go to church, you'll probably understand what I'm talking about. You know a lot of things. You know, you know, (laughs) you know, you know, you know, the story of Adam and Eve and Abraham and Jesus and all these cool people. But when you have the revelation, it's just like deeper. You know what I mean? That's when your life is really changed. And I had my life changed in Brazil when I was seven at like an event, anyway, that I'm trying to keep it very objective here, <laughs> but basically, that's when it stopped just being like, my parents influencing and teaching me, and you know, me directly relating to Jesus as well. So we lived there until I was eight, and then when I was eight, we all moved to Mozambique. That's, a, we moved to Maputo, actually. Maputo, the capital of Mozambique, a country in Southern Africa that borders South Africa, which is, you know, a more known country by us, and, yeah, it borders lots of countries, (laughs) but anyways, that's not the point, so, we moved there, because, basically, the bottom line is, my parents went to church plant there, and, you know, I say bottom line, because I want to tell the whole story, because it's so, so beautiful, and fun, and powerful, But again, I'm trying to be objective so that, you know, you don't listen to two hours of just my story. But if you want to know, you can always ask. You know what I mean? Like, just come to my DM and we'll talk about it. I love talking about all these stories. But anyway, so they went to church plant. But something that I love about my parents and the way they raised us is that they involved us in everything, you know. And it even makes me kind of want to cry (laughs) because it was such a powerful way of being risen. Like we, my siblings and I, we grew up like sitting first row, front row, first front row, (laughs) listening to sermons and, you know, worship would be going on in our house all day. And my dad, he is one of the most. When he. Pre- my dad is shy. Like, my dad likes to be low key. We're kind of the same in that we like to be in a room and be low key, you know, talk as little as possible and stuff. But when he goes on stage or, you know, wherever and the Holy Spirit fills him and he starts preaching, he is. Oh! He. Yeah. I-, I don't even know how to explain it. He just. He goes off, you know? <laughs> and. So we wa- so we grew up watching that. I grew up watching that. And so when we moved to Mozambique and they started church planting, we were there for all of it, you know? And it's so funny because we say that we went to missionary school and we went to Bible school and we went to like we did all the trainings just by being home. We don't need to go to any Bible schools anymore because we just did it all while growing up. That's obviously a joke, okay guys? But it's we really learned a lot and it really taught us a lot about you know just how the world works even and how the church works and how to be you know excellent in the body of Christ so when we moved to Mozambique we knew like we would be I was eight my sister was six I want to say my brother was two so he didn't fully grasp what was going on but my sister and I we would be like Oh, yeah, no, God's sending us there. He's sending our family. You know, he's not just sending our parents. He's sending us. And so we went there, and, you know, they started church planning. a team of people that are still very close to us. They're closer to me than my family is, than, like, my biological family. You know, they're my family for real. Um, We lived together in Brazil, and then we lived together in Mozambique. And, you know, some of them even came to America, too, because i'm, I'm low-key getting ahead of myself here in the story but um obviously i moved to america for college and <laughs> my family just moved in january you know again because of word of god and some of the people from that team moved along with them too, not to oklahoma yet but anyway that's again another long story um by the way guys sorry if i'm <laughs> i don't consider myself the best storyteller yet at least but I hope it's making sense and that y'all can bear with me and stuff. Anyway, so we moved to Mozambique and my siblings and I, we grow up there. You know, I left Mozambique to come to America when I was 18. So I spent more time of my life in Mozambique than in Brazil. And at this point, it's my home, really. It's like, brazil is a fun place to visit it's i highly recommend going to sao paulo for a holiday for like vacation or even the northern part of brazil if you're into beaches and stuff like that but i would not go live there again i think unless god really told me then i would but you know i do ask god if he wants me to move back to mozambique because i love that place and you know it's really my home like on earth That's my home. When people are like, are you going back home? That's what I think of, not Brazil. And so the culture is beautiful. The people are beautiful. Everything there is so beautiful, so fun. It's really an amazing place. And I'm so blessed that God chose that to be, like, my earthly home and my siblings too, you know. We're really blessed by that. So we moved there, um, grew up there. And then when I was 14... I started leading a life group or a small group or a D group, you can say, <laughs> whatever you call it. Um, for those of you who have, who after all these terms still have no idea what I'm talking about, it's basically some churches have like small groups that meet weekly and, you know, just talk about the Bible, worship, bless each other, build each other up. It's a place of vulnerability, but it's a safe space, you know. Where Everybody's there to grow together and it's like I help you you help me. I Highly recommend that you find a life group to go to because it's amazing Anyway, when I was 14, I started leading a life group and it was so crazy Okay, this time I'll actually go off and like Go into a deeper story What happened was I was in a life group that was literally dead I'm not even gonna say like low-key dead, cuz it was very much dead nobody would go it was you know when you have to go to something because you feel like you have to not because you really want to and it sucks but you still go kind of like class sometimes (laughs) so i would go and i was like this sucks oh my god and all my friends were in this other life group that was like going off they were growing having fun going out every week and you know people like new people kept coming and all i wanted was to be there so at some point the leader of my life group was like she gave it up you know what I mean basically she gave it you know she I don't know the term I'm not sure of the term in English for it but basically what she did was give it up you know what I mean is that that sounds kind of bad but that's what she did (laughs) anyway point is she was like I can't bleed anymore she also had like other stuff going on and so she gave it up and when I got news of that I was like, oh, thank God, because now I'm going to go to my friend's life group, and we're all going to be together, and it's going to be the best. That did not happen, because then the leader of the network that, so it was basically like a bunch of, like, let's say there's 100 life groups in the church, and then they're divided into 10-10, you know, and so, yeah. So the leader of that network that I was at was like, hey, so... You know that your leader just gave a her life group? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I was low-key like, thank God, you know, because I'm going to go. <laughs> oh, this sounds so bad. But I was like, thank God, you know, because I'm going go to go to where my friends are at. And it's going to be amazing. And she was like, yeah. Actually, I wanted to know if you wanted to take over that life group. And the thing is, I was 14 at the time. And the people, the few, very few people who did go, they were... 18 19 they were like ending high school going to college type thing and i was like i don't know if i can you know (laughs) but she didn't really let me speak until she finished her whole speech you know about like i prayed and i talked to your parents as well and all that and what was interesting was that while she was speaking all these doubts came into my mind like will i be able to do this will i be able to lead people who are older than me will i be able to you know like uh conciliate school with leading people and all these doubts would come up and every time a doubt would come up she would respond it in her speech without even knowing that i was you know having that doubt in my mind and so by the end of her speech when like every doubt that i had in mind she responded to it i was like you know what holy spirit you got me, you got this, so let's go, so I said yes, and then in the, I think it was December 9th of 2017, I took over that life group, and the first semester was terrible, it was horrible, it was like, wow, I need, looking back, I'm like, thank God, you know, because I grew a lot from it, but you know when you wish you didn't have to go through things so that you, go through things so that you could grow? that was me at that point because i had never led a life group before obviously and these people were older than me i was just 14 and i wasn't being able to get them together nobody knew was coming it was still a boring life group and that was really frustrating so my parents they would talk to me every week and they started discipling me and teaching me because obviously they had been doing that for you know since before i was even born So, they started giving me all these tips and being like, do this, try this, go that way, talk to these people. And by August, something happened in August of 2018. Obviously, there was a lot of hard work, but I also strongly believe in the favor of God that was over us at that time. I mean, it still is, you know, but at that time, specifically for that situation. And the life group took off, lots of people started coming. December of that year I baptized people for the first time and I did it with my dad guys it was oh man we cried so much (laughs) obviously because there was a lot of a lot of God's presence in the room but also you know it's such a full circle moment and I think that if I was so emotional at that moment my dad all the more you know because it's like his kid and all that so we baptized people and it was the best and then after that January came of 2019 and 2019 was one of the best years of my life yet. I think even if I have like (laughs) Even by the end of my life, I'll still consider 2019 one of the best years, you know Because so much happened. It was so so beautiful. Lots of people started coming to life group. It Exploded people that would never step in a church started coming to our life group It was amazing and then in June of that year we were like 30 people by then and then we multiplied and out of that life group a leader came like a leader was risen out of that group you know and now we had to like basically restart the life group but everybody was already fired up so it was so much easier you know and so that was June and then December we multiplied it again and in December of 2019, actually, what happened was, remember how I talked about the networks that, like, imagine there's 100 life groups and then you divide 10, 10, 10, 10. So, what happened was that I was raised as a network leader. Uh, so, I led leaders from like the end of 2019 until I had to give it away in 2021 in the summer to come to OU for school. Oh, guys those were amazing years honestly we did so much so my team had four girls four girls (laughs) sometimes my accent's weird anyway my team had four girls and we went off we baptized almost 50 people if i'm not mistaken i should have done the math before i started recording but we baptized a lot of people we did a lot of events and like the you know the influencer people of town like the cool kids you can say I just did air quotes but um, the cool kids of the city quote unquote they are the ones who like would never really step into church you know what I mean they had this image I mean most of Mozambique has this image of church being a really boring place. Honestly, I think most of the world has that image. Very religious, very boxed up, very, eh, you know what I mean? And they would go there and they would see us like partying and having fun and living like Jesus genuinely wants us to live, you know? Because if you are follow Jesus and you're not having fun, then you're not doing it right, (laughs) and so lots of people came, met Christ, we made disciples, lots of people were saved, encountered God, grew in maturity, and like out of these life groups, other leaders, they would multiply, and leaders would be risen, you know, or would be raised, (laughs) and it was beautiful, very beautiful, so in the summer, when I had to end my time there, it, by that time it was five people in the staff plus me and it was very emotional you know like I was I still am very grateful to God for everything we live together and yeah it was it was amazing so through this time as well I went to high school obviously <laughs> obviously here's the thing guys about my life And I think it should be a thing in everybody's lives, actually. I can't put Jesus in a box. You know what I mean? You know how we do, like, school, work, friends, family, responsibilities, um, trips, whatever. And we all have, like, these compartments. I really think Jesus should not be a compartment in our lives because he should be what unites everything. He should be the center out of where everything flows and everything comes back to and so I just told you like this whole story of leadership and youth groups and stuff but at the same time (laughs) I was in high school and it was so fun I graduated with two guys that were with me since like fourth grade or sixth grade fourth grade I think We were together since fourth grade. And even the people who were with us in fourth grade, but ended up going to other schools at some point, since we all obviously graduated at the same time, even though in different schools, we still celebrated each other, you know, and our director that wasn't even living in Mozambique anymore, because she had resigned at some point, she came back for our graduation. So that was also really special. It was a private Christian school so i'm really blessed by that again that's a whole other testimony because we definitely could not afford but god blessed us since we got there and when in 2012 when we arrived and my parents were looking for schools like that was already one of the first miracles that happened and you know god kept it until my graduation day and so oh guys honestly jesus is beautiful and here's a lesson or a reminder to some it may be a lesson to some it may be a reminder wherever god takes you wherever god sends you he sustains you in that place when you're in the center of god's purpose for your life and god's will for your life nothing ever lacks because he's the one who sent you so why would he not sustain you does that make sense so yeah always remember that that's something my parents taught me and now that i came to ou um and you know I've been financially independent, and independent in pretty much every way, honestly. It's been such a, such a rock to me to know that, you know what, the hardest thing, quote unquote again, was for God to bring me here. If I went through everything in Mozambique, and you know, it was really impossible to think even of coming to America, and God brought me here he will sustain me, and he will do things through me, and you know, we will live a beautiful life here together, so anyway, that was a parenthesis moment (laughs) right there, but yeah, so high school was amazing, shout out to everybody who's still at CAM, I hope you guys are liking it, I know they changed curriculum from American, which is easy, to British, which is extremely hard, so you know, I hope you guys are doing well, guys. <laughs> um, thank God I was not there during British time. Oh man. Anyway, so graduated high school in the summer of last year and came to Oklahoma. And th- everybody asked me like, "Why'd you come to Oklahoma?" I think it's so funny because, you know, I've heard people who are not from here joke about Oklahoma, like people who come to live here willingly. But it's funny to me when people who are already living here or who are from here are like, why'd you come to Oklahoma? (laughs) Anyway, so deep down, again, you know what I talked about, like not compartmentalizing Jesus. So I know that the the most real reason why he brought me here is because I genuinely believe God has revival for OU. And if you don't believe in that or, like, if you don't think about that or, you know, if you've never heard of that, I want to encourage you to really pray about it and ask God, like, God, what do you want to do at OU? Because it goes much beyond just, like, one person or a small group of people. God wants to reach this whole campus, and I believe that he brought me here to be part of that you know, to be an active part of that, so I'm really excited, and honestly, God could have taken me anywhere, he could have, I applied to a lot of schools in this country, and I was accepted by all of them, I did not mean that in a proud way, guys, please don't hear this in a pride, proudful way, um, I'm just, like, genuinely saying, God could have taken me anywhere, but he chose to bring me here, and I believe that it's for that, but the, the, like, Story to it, you know, maybe behind the scenes story, not behind the scenes, like the overarching story. No, that's the wrong term, too. Anyway, the story that I tell people, <laughs> especially if they're not Christians and you know, like wouldn't really understand this whole revival thing, is basically that 10 years ago when we were still in Brazil, um, in a crazy way, because it was absolutely not supposed to happen, God sent. A mission trip team from Antioch Church here in Norman to Brazil they were like supposed to go to India and then last minute they were like we're gonna go to Brazil and miraculously they met my parents and my parents hosted the team and all that and they became basically best friends from there on out and I always wanted to come to America first college and they said like hey we live in a college town so you should send her here And we looked into it. In 2018, we came here and we toured campus and we all fell in love. Like me and my parents, we were absolutely in love with the place. Then I applied, also got scholarships, which helped a lot. And so, you know, now I'm here. And I study creative media production. I love it so much. Fun fact, I came here to study international development, which is basically politics mixed with social work it's neither but it's both you know if i graduated with that basically i would be able to work with governments and ngos they'd hire me and be like hey we need this area of town developed or we need this neighborhood developed and i would design a project and you know build to build schools or fix water i don't really know because again never got to fully study it (laughs) because halfway through freshman year i decided to change to creative media production that was a long process that started in thanksgiving with a conversation that was really eye-opening and i guess changed my life you know (laughs) because i did change majors and am really happy about it so that process started in Thanksgiving, lots of thinking, lots of prayers, talking to people. And in the spring I decided to go through with it. Change my major. So now I'm a CMP major with a minor in political science and I absolutely love it because my goal goal in life is to like marry and go church plant. You know what I mean? Just do what my parents did, but they always say that they raise kids to do better than them. So I take ownership of that. (laughs) And I'm like, guys, you have been doing amazing in life. So if I'm going to do better than you, I don't fully grasp what that is. But, you know, that's basically what I want to do. Just go out, church plant, do that full time. But the thing about being in the mission field you know, one of those things that maybe even mission schools don't really teach you, but growing up in the field does, is that you need to have a source of income. Depending on people is good. You know, it's okay, obviously. It's what's most usually done. But people are not always consistent. They're not always faithful to what they said. Maybe not even because, you know... Maybe not even in a bad way. Maybe because you're going through something, or you know, like twenty twenty pandemic hits, economical economical crises. <laughs> I'm not sure if that was proper English, but you got what I meant. Like you know, financial crisis in the country. Da, da 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 da. And then when it comes down to their priorities, you know, stuff that they really need to pay, you're not gonna be up there. Unless, like, except in very specific cases. But most of the time, you're not going to be there. And that's okay, you know, because the person needs to sustain his own family or, you know, whatever they have going on. And a lot of people are like, oh, but if you go to the mission field and you work, then you're not depending on God. And it's like, bro... (laughs) Who do you think is going to make my business work? Who do you think is going to bring clients? Who do you think is going to, you know, make all this happen? It's obviously God. I mean, if you, again, if you follow him, he pours out his favor over you and he leads you and he makes everything in your life happen. So why is working or having a business not depending on God? Does that make sense? Yeah. So I, my parents are not graduated from college at all, and they went through like tough times. We went through tough times. And so that was one of the factors that I was like, okay, if I wanna be in the mission field, I need to have a profession, I need to have a career. And I was always like, okay, I'm gonna go do international development. For At first I wanted to do international relations to be an ambassador, but then I was like, no, because <laughs> I would have to go live in Brazil once every two years or something i'd have to go do tests there you know because the only way to be a diplomat would be if i went to brazil because it's my only nationality right now and i do not want to do that and so i gave up on that but i found international development which was really interesting and it still is very interesting i just don't think it's interesting enough for me to do like my life around it you know um so i found that And I was like, okay, yeah, I'll do this, you know, so I can have money to be able to church plan and stuff and, you know, do all that. But it never really got me excited about it, you know, because I always wondered. It's a job that requires you to travel a lot because, you know, it's international. So it requires you to travel a lot. and. Spent a lot of time overseeing projects especially because one of my goals with that was that I didn't want to just be hired to design the project I wanted to have a team basically a company that will go through with it I didn't want them to buy my project and send it to someone else I wanted to have like a team of builders and architects and <laughs> again I don't fully know what a team would consist of but you know what I mean like I wanted the people who would do it too so that we would have even more money and I always wondered at what point would I be able to do church ministry full-time if I'm going to be having this job you know and it was kind of always a thing in my mind and it never really got me super excited about college because I was like hey I'm just here so that I can do something else with my life at some point but always always even when I was in the other major I always would think of myself filming stuff you know, producing stuff, even if it was in the church, like in the local church media team, you know, I was always seeing myself because even now I walk around campus or anywhere that I'm at and I'm like, wow, this would be a great video. I love watching, you know, videos that are edited and that are well edited and analyzing it and breaking it down and using it as inspiration and trying to copy it and all that, you know, so that I can learn. And so, I would always, when I thought of my future, I'd see myself, you know, married with kids, leading a church, and just filming stuff, and, you know, low-key producing some stuff, just for fun, and all that. And so, now that I'm actually doing it at school, and that I can, oh my god, guys, I'm so excited. Like, now that, you know, it, it, it cannot, like, not only will it be a hobby or something, but my actual career you know, something that I'll actually work with, it makes me so excited. Before, my internships would be, like, with business people, or, you know, in very formal offices, and now, like, just today, I was looking at internships with Disney Studios to go watch their movies, and revise it, and help produce it, and I was like, oh my god, imagine me producing a Marvel movie, (laughs) even if if as an intern, you know, that would still be very amazing so anyway i am really happy about it now i never thought that i could dream so much with college and think so much of it but now i've been dreaming much much more i've been way more excited about the future and even the present you know everything that i get to do now just in school and with people and you know it's amazing i love it so much um so to basically start ending this A few of my dreams, like I said, get married, have kids. I wanna have three boys or two boys and a middle child, a middle girl child. A girl middle child. You got what I meant. That's how I want it to be. We'll see what the Lord has. (laughs) But not gonna lie, I know all their names by now. So you know, I'm excited. For them but many many years from now obviously not now <laughs> i love marvel movies you know the superheroes love it D- not a fan of dc at all i mean eh, i'll watch some stuff but marvel is what i can talk about for hours without getting tired i don't do any sports which was you know a very cultural i'm not gonna say a cultural shock one of the things that I had to adapt coming to America is that everybody is so into sports. It is crazy. And I got here right as football season was about to start. And so you can imagine how this little town of Norman was. Especially because, you know, OU football is such a big deal, da 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 And I was like, guys, why are we so excited about a four-hour game? It's four hours. It's like... You know, but by now I am really excited about it I cannot wait for football season again So that Because now I know what's going on, you know Before, I had no idea what was going on And people would explain, like You run 10 yards I was like, bro, I don't even know what a yard is I work in meters Do you know what meters are? It's like what the rest of the world uses And you guys talking about yards But anyway, now I know what goes on in the field And I'm actually excited to go to games And watch stuff, you know That is something that I learned here in America. But I still don't do any sports. I started working out this semester. It has been very good, you know. And, yeah, it just, it feels like a good start to my day. But again, I do it because I'm supposed to. I'm not those people who are like, oh my God, I love sports. It gives me so much serotonin. No, I do it, like, in Portuguese, we have an expression that, in Brazil, actually, it's an expression that says, na força do ódio which is basically like powered by hate. You know, (laughs) it sounds very heavy, but it's like a funny expression, you know? So I go to the gym powered by hate every morning. Anyway, I love languages. I am learning Italian, taking Italian classes here at OU. Um, Another thing about me is that even though I'm in love with art and creative stuff, I do not consider myself the most creative person in any room but something i learned is that one like if we go to the spiritual side of it you know it's just that our god is creativity you know he created everything he is the creator he is the like ultimate creator content creator lol anyway um and so if the bible says that just like he is i am here on earth then obviously i have it in me you know what i mean but other than that i just learned that it takes practice that most Of the things in the creative world is just learning and practicing learning and practicing and i and that's actually very true because i remember when i first started editing editing videos i had a youtube channel and i learned to edit by myself and it was so hard it was very complicated to be even creative and do like little transitions and stuff like that but then i started doing it a lot And I got better and I would just like think and do it in five minutes and it was amazing and then I stopped doing it for a long time and when I went back It took me much longer to think, to process, to create, you know So yeah, it's an exercise even if you, listener, want to be creative, just watch some videos on it You know, talk to some people who are better than you at it and just learn from them, keep practicing, keep exercising, you'll do great at some point I'm another fact is that I love fashion museums. I love politics. 2020 in Mozambique, we stayed locked up for seven months. It wasn't like, oh, school is closed, but you can go anywhere. It was legit locked up in the house. And everything I did was just watch services, mostly Judah Smith, Judah Oh, my God, Judah, if you ever listen to this, just know that I really want to do a podcast with you. I just want to hang out with you, honestly. I just want to, like, talk to you in Chelsea and just, you know. Anyway, I listened to Judah Smith for most of 2020, and I watched a lot of fashion. I did a course on fashion with the... What's the name of the place? The fashion... The Paris Institute of Fashion. It was an online course. And I watched a lot of politics. I watched debates. I watched analysis. I watched like political scientists speaking and documentaries and all that. So I'm very into all of this. Um, Another thing is that I am terrible at texting back. And so, you know, I told you to DM me like twice in this podcast. If you do, and I take long to reply, just don't lose hope. Because at some point I will. Or you can just, like, double text me. I'm not weird about that at all. Just double text me, and I'll get back to you at some point. My friends have low-key given up on me, and to them, I'm sorry. I have said that I'll try to change, but I haven't changed. And so, (laughs) I don't even want to apologize anymore. It's like, we'll just see how it goes, you know what I mean? Um, Another really interesting fact is that a lot of people know me through the internet, you know, And so they think that I'm very extroverted. They think that I'm, like, bubbly and loud. I mean, I am a little loud. But only when I'm comfortable with the person, the people, the place. You know what I mean? Usually I am very low-key. I talk mostly when I'm talked to, you know, if I'm in a place of not knowing a lot of people. If I try to initiate conversation and the person is not reciprocating, I straight up give up. I'm like, bro, I'm really trying here and you're not cooperating, so I will no longer try. That is me. It's my personality. For a long time, I hated being like that because my mom, she is the most amazing person in that way that i know like she'll talk to everyone she'll find topics to talk about with literally everybody she sees and i always wanted to be like that because i always felt awkward and weird and she taught me she taught me this like last month because i was having a crisis here in school and i just started dming her like hey i'm crying a lot because it's like i don't feel like i'm connecting to anybody and you know It's weird because everybody's already in their friend groups and everybody has already known everybody for so long. And, you know, I can't get in on the conversations. I don't even know how to start a conversation. This sucks. And I told her, I was like, I want to be like you. I wish I had your personality. And she told me that I cannot think like that because God designed everybody with their own personalities. And so I need to ask him, Since he made me, how is the best way that I can use this personality that he gave me? So, I've been trying to figure that out. It's been good. I feel like there's been progress in that process. Um, Something else is that I write a lot. Just really random fact. I write a lot. (laughs) My notes are full. Um, My journals are full i am not the best at keeping journals because i forget to write on them most days but my notes always have something if someone says something funny i write it down just so i can find it months later and just be like oh i remember this it was good (laughs) like how good joke (laughs) anyway yeah i love writing and so yeah guys nice to meet you this is me um yeah I, I don't know how to end. I st- Like, this is my third time recording a podcast. I still don't know how to end it. But um, follow me on Instagram, I guess, <laughs> if you want. It's at Malou Andrade with two E's at the end of Andrade. Funny, fa- funny is that my name is Andrade. Andrade. But people here, if I want them to know how to spell it, I just say Andrade and most of the time they'll know how to spell it so yeah that's my name and that's my instagram and yeah that is it thank you for listening and i hope you have a great day or night or wherever you are listening to this bye guys